Hey strangers, welcome back to another episode of The Strange Sessions. As always, I am Kurt, and as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host and uh, the winner of the 2017 <laughs> season of So You Think You Can Dance, Krista. Oh my God, I was, it was all crunking. You it know, was, my yeah. Every, every now and then in the middle of the podcast, she'll get up and pop, lock, and drop <laughs> it right here, and I'll, I'll get up and do my running man, and it'll, it'll be a little rave here. He called me. 911 once, so... <laughs> kind of uh, ugly yeah so how are you doing <laughs> i'm good how are you doing okay it's very springy here it is very time. springy here it's like actually warm outside a it's little like bit like in the 50s yeah all our snow that we were complaining about has melted yeah there's some ridiculous snow banks still exist yet but yeah it's all the dirty ones like mm-hmm. the ones that they got all the dirt in and those don't melt until like the end of august we don't like those no the end of August. Are you well, they, kidding me? They it's usually like a hundred in August. They usually last like a long time if they're full <laughs> they of do. dirt. It's ridiculous. Welcome to Weather Corner. Yeah, Krista. <laughs> Kurt and Krista. That's weather how corner. we start every episode now as we <laughs> talk about, about the, the weather. weather. Oh yeah. Um, gonna start with our shout-outs for okay. our newest strangers. And this week, those are Blake Nicole Skelton, Marcelo Renee, John Shandor. And my very good friend, Carly Wernicke, who is smart, funny, and looks like a Greek goddess. Wow. Yeah, we said it. I would say that about her, but it oh. is. It actually, it actually is <laughs> it's all. It's true, though. It, yeah, it's, nice. pretty, it's pretty legit. She um has never listened to a podcast before. And I want to say it was like shortly after we released the last episode, she messaged me and she said, how do I even listen to that? So I told her. And she said she started listening to the first one. And then right away, I'm like, oh, our first ones weren't very good. The yeah. sound was bad. Sorry. And she said she had to start at the beginning. So, That's who I am, too. So she listened to it, and I thought she would listen to that one, and that would be it. Then all of a sudden, you know, like the next day, she's like, I started episode four. And then the next day, it's like, I started episode 13. Nice. So she just went through and she's binged. binging. She's binging like crazy on them, and she loves them. So, well, hi, Carly. Thank so, you for listening. Yeah. Thank you so much, Carly. She has... Uh, given me a lifetime ban of mentioning something from one of the episodes because it creeped her out so badly. Oh, uh, so you can't tell us? Well, it's something to do with my old apartment. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, so she says, and then she gets mad because like, I bring that up in other episodes and she's like, stop bringing that up because it he, creeps her out. I think you talked she, about it in the yeah, last she's episode. A, I think I did too. She's afraid to go to her bathroom. <laughs> so she loves it. Uh, her husband has listened to it, Arnie. Nice. So hi, hi Arnie. Arnie. I really want to meet him. I've never met him, but he sounds like an amazing guy. But yeah, Carly is a very dear friend of mine. So thank you so much, Carly, for everything good that you said about it. Welcome to the strangers. Welcome to the strangers. And do you have any shout outs? Yeah, I wanted to. I know we just literally got done saying we don't read YouTube comments. Yeah, I, <laughs> like do, I don't read you, YouTube comments make me cry. But <laughs> so I do not. There read. was one that I won't repeat because it was kind of rude and vulgar, but it also is that, the one had to, is that the one you told me in the grammatical car? errors. So I feel like it's not a big loss no, anyway. No, um, but we did have some people who left some really great comments and I wanted to just briefly read some of these and give them a shout out. I'm sorry. These are from like seven months ago. <laughs> yeah. So we need to get better about looking at those comments. Um, this one was from the My Favorite Mini Mystery. We talk about the Fresno Night Nightcrawler and the Sodder Children. And Stephen Kogel, Kugel, Kogel. I'm so sorry. It's K-O-G-L-E, Stephen. Uh, he says, I live in Texas, but before transferring, I went to school at uw Leclerc. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> is that I like? Just, is that like? A, is that like? It's did, a hybrid. Did, did lacrosse? Did lacrosse and Eau Claire. Claire merge? I'm sorry. UW Eau Claire. 
I attended when there were a lot of water deaths, both there and at a few other of the universities in Wisconsin. Y'all did Missing 411 and revisited, but diving into the water deaths in college towns would be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically the smiley face. Yeah, the smiley murders. face killers. Yeah. He said, love you too's podcast. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to blow up because it's much better than a lot I listen wow, to. Wow, thank you. So yeah, that's awesome. That is thank awesome. Thank you so much, Stephen. And I did respond to him. Um, thanking him and thanking him for the suggestion because that is a topic I am endlessly fascinated by is the yeah the, the smiley, smiley face, face killer. killers uh, that's a great documentary too I don't remember what channel it was on but uh, I think it was on investigation discovery I don't remember one of those um, scrappy baby um, said William Ellis here best way to get in touch that was a month ago so at least we're not so far behind yeah, so I gave him our bad. gmail address okay, good. so sorry good. scrappy baby um, I gave you our Gmail address in the comments, but in case you're listening, it's uh, the strange sessions at gmail.com. This guy, I feel like we might know, possibly um, boxing guy Brian the Beret. That's his, that's his <laughs> name. Know, but I love that name. And he has left several comments on several episodes. Um, been waiting. Thank you so much for coming back so soon. This one is... The greatest podcast on the planet. Holy Thanks cow. so much for another great episode. Thank or you. another new episode. Yeah, he left several comments. So glad I found this podca- podcast. Amazing show. Um, another person said re- their username is Remnant Elite 777 Very nice, but next time create a timestamp for those that prefer cutting to the chase. Yeah. And I think that's a great we comment. We do. We do. I, I know we've mentioned that we wanted to do that in other episodes, and we just never got around to it. I know. So we need to I be think more starting diligent. with this one, I will put in the episode description what time the actual story starts if you don't want to listen to Krista and I talk about the weather or eat weird <laughs> things. Mostly the weather. <laughs> Mostly the weather. <laughs> um. It is a great suggestion because there are shows that I've listened to where I didn't want to listen to the banter at the beginning and it would have been nice for that. So, yeah. and that's See, all I listen comment. to really other than this is Sofa King podcast. Oh, and yeah. I love the ban- the banter before the episode. So that's why I guess I just never realized that some people don't want that. And I was used to thinking sideways and they just basically go, go right into the, yeah, the they story. Do. They don't really they have dive a, right in or they yeah. did. Yeah. Okay. One last one. I told her I'd give her a shout out. Her name is Kimberly... Herman, I don't think she's a stranger. The name just doesn't ring a bell for me. But if you are, I'm so sorry. Um, so her comment is from seven months ago. It's the Zozo <laughs> episode um, when we had our awesome co-hosts, Sophie and Adam. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Just came back from Hawaii. Not at all jealous. Oh, their, their pictures looked so amazing. Yeah, they did. Um, so she says, yay, strangers are back in town. Totally get you needed a break, but you were missed. Aww. Once again, another awesome pod and subject. As a teen, my friends and I messed with a Ouija board. We learned very quickly it was not a game as the outside of the box claims. We threw it away. My mom stepped outside to feed our farm cats and in the next AM. She came right back in holding the board. I almost passed out and then wondered who was playing a trick. I told her we had thrown it away. One thing led to another. Lots of unexplained things occurred. My mom went to the Catholic church even though we were not Catholic bought holy water, and came back home. She placed the water all around our house, outside and in, and things stopped. After we moved, we had unexplained things happening again, but to this day, we do not know if it was left over from that time or from something else. Wow. So, interesting. That's, Thanks that's for the story. Um, Yikes. Don't play with Ouija another boards, Another example, people. Yes, yes, of why you shouldn't play with Ouija boards, but nope. thank you so much, Kimberly, for listening. Here's your shout-out. Um, 
be a stranger. If you're not a stranger, if you are, I apologize. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't want to be a stranger, that's totally cool. Yeah. We've got almost that's, 200 strangers now, yeah. so it's hard for me to That's keep where track a lot of our all. stuff is. Like, if we, we do polls on there sometimes and people vote for stuff and contests. Contests. So we only really done one contest. I got to really. But it was on the stranger. Yeah. I really got to. Don't we owe someone a sticker? Oh, I think we do. I think we do too. It was whoever picked the topic. You picked the topic for like season three. Yeah. We need to. Carly asked about merchandise too. So. Say, okay, whoever, who was the guy, who was it? Do you remember whose topic we picked? For the, yeah, it was um, Wander. Wander Luster. Wander Lennox. Yeah, we owe him a sticker. Yeah, Wander, do you want to email your address to us? The strange sessions at gmail.com. But yeah, okay. uh, Carly asked about merchandise too, so we gotta oh, we gotta yeah, get yeah, going yeah. on Sorry. that. Yeah. For it's like, hey, our t-shirts are available, and this is our last episode, <laughs> so you know. Yeah, Jeff and I were talking about making t-shirts. I think he yeah. still wants to do that. So. Okay. I say we just get po- t-shirts from other podcasts, cross out their name, and then right. just magic marker, strange sessions <laughs> oh, in there. That'll work. I think that'll be good. Should we move on to our taste test? Well, we got one more thing oh. of housekeeping is that we got an email from oh, yeah, listener yeah, yeah. Tiffany. Yeah. And she said, hi, guys. I just listened to your recent podcast about exorcisms. What do you guys think about when people speak in tongues at mm. church? You guys had mentioned it in the podcast, and I started thinking about it. And we were always taught that that is God speaking through you and that it is a good thing. But whenever someone does it, I always get creeped out. And it never crossed my mind that they may be possessed. Thanks, guys. So at the end of the episode, instead of doing a listener, we'll a random listener question, we will answer this. We'll talk okay. about this at the end of the episode. So thank you so much, Tiffany, for sending that in. Yeah. And I think that's all the housekeeping we have. By the way, I did want to mention there was some great discussion on the Strangers page about that episode. Yeah. About possession. Yeah, about possession. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of... Love hearing everyone's input about yeah. that. Or reading yeah. it. I didn't hear it. I read it. You read it. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you had your computer read it to you, which I guess is possible. Kit, read this comment to me. Uh, But for tonight's taste test, we had a package that was sent to us by awesome listener Brian Young. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Super excited. Listen as we struggle to open yet another pack. Where is the package? You brought it in, right? Oh, okay. It's in my car. I feel like we need some kind of cutting implement to open that. We will. But I want to say first that uh, Brian was just on a podcast called The Ripper Cast, all about Jack the Ripper. Nice. And it just came out in the news recently that genetic tests published in the Journal of Forensic Sciences claimed that DNA found on a shawl that was found next to the body of victim Catherine Eddowes belongs to Aaron Kosminski, a 23-year-old Polish barber and prime suspect at the time. But there's a lot of controversy about the methods used for the test. And after listening to the podcast, the paper sounds like it was pretty mm, sketchy. Okay. Like, he, uh, might... he ripped holes. Yeah. Yeah. Get like, it? they're. Did you see they're... what I did there, Kurt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did after you said that. <laughs> but it was a really good podcast. So it was really awesome listening to. And I think, I think he said that's the first part that they're going to have a couple. And I think he gives us a shout out on there, which would be awesome. Nice. So, yeah, great job on the podcast, Brian. And thank you for sending this. All I know is that there's a note inside that explains it. Okay. So He said it's classic. Where is he from? Um, he is from New York. Like where though? Is it Buffalo or something? Because no. I remember Kenmore? him. Kenmore, oh, New I remember York. him saying in the and on he was messaging us on Facebook. Yeah. That it was like quintessential wherever he's from, whatever's huh. in here. Hopefully it's not fishy. I thought it was Buffalo. Buffalo, it New might York? be. It might be. I that thought, might be I like a suburb. I could have sworn he said like 
you know, it's quintessential. But we have no idea what's exactly. in here. No. So we have this. It could and be then, a severed head. I and mean, then we I have, have a, no idea. Oh, God. If it's a severed head, that would... <laughs> I'm not tasting it. No. I can tell you that much. <laughs> and then we have a beverage to try. Maybe it's tongue. Would it taste us? Oh, I just blew my own mind. You just blew my mind. <laughs> so we're going to open Sorry, this. Sorry, I'm in a really weird mood You today. are in a really weird mood today. <laughs> I've had a long week. So we're going to open this, and then we will see what Brian sent to us. It cost him $9.45 to send it to wow, us. So thanks, I feel Brian. like that's like commitment right like we there. We should send him a bunch of stickers. <laughs> yeah. Here's 10 of the 20 of the same sticker. So I'm going to use my car keys to open this, because <laughs> oh, that's how we roll here. Yep. You don't want us using sharp knives. Ooh. No grunting involved. No. This is actually pretty easy. I'm not opening it. As I hit everything in the way to putting it back <laughs> on the table. Should I do some kind of play-by-play like you do when I'm trying to microwave? Or... No. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> we need Bob Euchre to do a play-by-play for us. I love Bob Euchre. For it was the Brewers, you, the well, first game of the... I feel like everybody knows who Bob yeah. Baker is, right? You don't yep. have to be a Brewer fan. It was the first game of the Brewer season, and I was at my buddy's house this afternoon watching it, having a beer, having pizza, and yeah, I'm having a working. hell of a time opening this. You haven't there grunted you yet, though. Oh, you're giving it to me? It's open. You just got to rummage like... through it. I see bubble wrap. Wow. Oh, I grunted. You did grunt. I tried really hard <laughs> it was a to, grunt. but it happened. You just, if it's going to explode and you want me to have the box. Well, yeah. Oh, I see a letter. Oh, give me the letter. Hold on. It's it's a couple pages. Well, our body is here. There's a huge UPS truck here. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. All right. He says, Kurt and Krista, hello, strangers. I noticed that often in your taste test, there seems to be a bit of hesitation, so I thought I would provide something you need not worry about. Enclosed is a Western New York delicacy sponge candy. I love this stuff. I generally don't like sponge candy, but... I adore it. This is like good sponge candy. This is like Christmas I know, to me. I know that you guys have something similar in Milwaukee called angel food candy, but yes. buffalo sponge candy is a bit different. Our sponge is lighter and fluffier than most. Plus, Ooh. buffalo chocolate is considered by many as one of the world's finest. Really? See, I didn't imagine the buffalo thing. Yep. I'm not cray-cray. Sponge candy primarily comes in either milk chocolate, dark chocolate, or orange chocolate. I sent the milk chocolate to give you the best sense of the taste of buffalo chocolate. That's awesome. Thank you so yeah, much, I'm Brian. Excited. Like, literally, this reminds me of Christmas because people always have this out. Okay, that Christmas. actually looks good. Yeah, I'm excited. That does look good. Gotta take a picture. So I'm telling you right now, I am warning you that this is going to be good and the beverage we have is going to be good. Okay. But what we are going to try on the next episode. Not good. All I'm going to say is that during one of the episodes, somebody asked me what the grossest thing was I've ever eaten. Are you going to so make me eat it? We, are gonna, we have something very similar to that next episode. Great. So this one is good. Be scared about the next one. I looked at the carbs and I shouldn't have. I'm only going to have one piece. Oh, look at that big long one. All right. Take, take that one. No, I'm going to take this one. It looks, it smells really good. Yeah, I'm generally not a fan of sponge candy. Oh, that is a huge piece. This I'm generally not those, a fan of sponge candy, but. I think it's one of those things that people either really like or they don't like it. No, all. but this. It's like cilantro. This looks, yeah, cilantro is gross. I this looks good. I love cilantro. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Oh, it smells so good. One, two, three. Oh my God. Okay, that is really good. He's right. That is amazingly good. That's not it's like... a lot harder around uh -huh. here. This mm. is not like what we get here for sponge candy. It's really light. 
It almost reminds me of like a really fluffy Butterfinger. Yeah, a little a bit. A little bit. Actually, it oh reminds me of the texture almost of the freeze-dried ice cream sandwich. Mm-hmm. That is really good. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think I have said in the past I don't like wow. sponge candy, but I think I'm going to have to amend that because that is... It has the flavor of like a Heath bar. That chocolate on I there. I love that. That chocolate on there is freaking mm. amazing. It is really good. It's like high quality chocolate. Oh. Um, something not fish flavored and delicious. No, it's not fish flavored and I'm going to have another piece. Mm. Wow, this is yummy. Thank you, Brian. This is amazing. Thank you, Brian. It is. Wow. Wow. <laughs> mm. Holy cow. I'm blowing my macros for the day just for Brian. I don't even know what to Actually, say. Actually, I still might be okay. Mm, yummy. That is literally one of the best candies I think I have ever tasted. The chocolate. Good. I don't know what it is, but the chocolate is just perfect. Usually when you get something like that, the chocolate is really cheap. This you is know not, what I mean? Yeah, this no, is, this is this really is, good chocolate. That was the bomb. Like the sponge candy here in Wisconsin, I won't eat. But this is—it's really hard. It's, it's a really lot hard, crunchier. and it's got a different taste. This has like a really light taste. Yeah, I like ours too, but this is better actually. Holy wow, that is really good. <laughs> no, this is yeah, that was really good. Thank you so much, Brian. Yeah, okay, thank okay, you. One more, then we got. You gonna rate it? Yeah, hey, serving size is three pieces. So oh, that's what I had. Boom. This is easy at ten out of ten. I mean, have to easily a ten. Yeah, out of 10. it's a ten. It's definitely a 10. I almost give it I might uh, have to bring some home for Jim, but then you can have the rest. I'd give it an 11 if I could. Who says you can't? I've given stuff a negative three. So. That's right. This is our podcast. Damn I'll give it. it an 11 out of 10. <laughs> this is our podcast. This is so good. Yeah, it's delicious. Well, thanks, Brian. Thank you so much. I'm just thrilled that anybody sends us anything. So when somebody sends us some their favorite candy, I mean, come on. So on your diet, you can't eat this, right? No. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to take it I'm home keto. then. I'm keto. I'll take a couple of pieces for Jim. That's it. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> All right. You can take a couple of pieces for Jim. Um, yeah, keto is very uh, no-no to Oh, I cannot get chocolate. over how good that is. Oh, trying to get my bottle of water open. That All chocolate. Right. That chocolate is amazing. Seriously. Oh, are we testing a drink too? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and this is going to be a sweet drink. Okay. So. I'm sipping. I'm just sipping. Wow. Okay. Yum. Kurt put something in the refrigerator that looked like a beer, but he assured me it's not. Hope it's not carbonated because you've been shaking that. It looks like an MGD. <laughs> Do you have a bottle opener? Okay, and my brother Corey, who was on the John Teeter episode with us uh, last week, they went to Florida with the kids. Oh yeah, I remember. You and of that. course, they went to I think it was Universal Studios. So he brought us the Harry Potter <gasps> Flying Cauldron Butterscotch beer. No way. Oh, that is the coolest bottle ever. Yeah. I'm not talking into my microphone. I'm sorry. Oh. That is really cool. I got to take a picture of that. I think it's basically butterscotch soda, but I think I've Corey said had. he had it. He said it was really good. Okay. That's so cool. I love anything Harry Potter. I'll be honest with you. I'll he, buy anything. That's he brought us Potter. a few things to taste test that we will be taste testing in the near future, including next week's. Very cool. So yeah, it is butterscotch beer, butterscotch cream soda, non-alcoholic. And I have a, Ooh, have bottle, a bottle opener on my keychain. Nice. You never know when you're going to have to open a bottle. It didn't fizz all over. Good job. Let me invite the aroma into my nose. 
the oh, old, it smells, it smells the old like, sniff test? Like beer and cream No, soda? it smells like a butterscotch candy, like a really good butterscotch candy. God, this one is $4.50. Oh, thank you, Corey. <laughs> oh, that smells so good. It does. Okay, I'm just going to pour a little bit into my cup. It smell, I love butterscotch candy. And I love it butterscotch smells like anything. straight up butterscotch. I like butterscotch pudding. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ready? I'm ready. Oh, wow. that's so wow. good. That is really good. I don't like soda, and this is really good. It's like the perfect butterscotch mm, flavor. It is so butterscotch butterscotchy. cream. <laughs> it is so butterscotchy. Wow. This was a this was this might be our yummiest oh, taste yeah, test that it, we have done. Oh, it's delicious. Wow. I'm gonna wash it down with a piece of candy. Oh my piece god, of that's sponge so candy. good. I oh okay for someone who really yeah, does not you like do not soda, like soda. That is amazing. Another piece of sponge candy. Oh my god. Kurt's in heaven right now. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Oh, thank you so much, Brian. Yeah. And thank you so much, Corey. These were so both good. amazing. Yeah. We're spoiled. We are spoiled. I'm gonna probably be like on a really annoying sugar high during this <laughs> podcast He's now. Like really Especially since fast. we're gonna be talking about pie. That's not gonna help. <laughs> And then you'll be sleeping like during the second half. I'll be sleeping on the drive home. <laughs> so what is our, speaking of pie, what's our topic for today? So for tonight's episode, um, if you are in the strangers, you're going to see that, uh, I think it was last week, I posted a video about one of tonight's topics. Oh, yeah. uh, and that topic is Captain Coochie's Key Lime Pies. So get used to the word coochie because I'm going to be saying it quite a bit. And uh, actually, Sophie sent the Reddit thread to me, I want to say, last year. I think you sent it to me then. Yeah, and I, and I thought it was really hole. interesting, and then I forgot all about it. And then I think last week, Sophie sent it to me again, and I'm like, that's really cool. So then I, I was reading about it, and it reminded me of another internet mystery thing. I don't know what else which to is call our it. second half? Which is our second okay. half. <laughs> What did you say? Thing. Our other internet, <laughs> internet mystery, mystery thing? thing. Is it kind of like a mini mystery, Kurt? It is kind of like I a feel mini like mystery. We're doing too many mysteries. But today. internet mysteries are a mixed bag because some people really, really like them. I'm one of the people that loves them, I and love some them. people don't like them. Uh, when thinking sideways used to be around. Devin loved doing internet mysteries, but a lot of people would complain about it that they didn't so they didn't what's like an it. Internet mystery. It's just basically a web based mystery that's okay. something to do with the with the web. Oh, okay. You know, and I'm I always see. fascinated by that stuff. Like John Teeter was kind of a web based mystery because it was all posted online and stuff like that. Okay. So I figured right. tonight, you know, I was really fascinated with the Captain Coochie's Key Lime Pie story, and that reminded me a lot of the story of Karen Catherine Waldegrave. Right. It reminded me of Karen Catherine Waldegrave's story. She sounds like a Harry Potter character. So <laughs> she's a character. So tonight <laughs> we will discuss, first we will discuss Captain Coochie's Key Lime Pie. And I went down the rabbit hole on this one in a big way. There was mm-hmm. one day I spent more time than I care to admit. <laughs> that at one point, and I am not exaggerating, at one point I had 24 tabs open oh my on my God. computer when I was looking this <laughs> stuff up. And it's just a, it's a weird story and it's, it's like strangely addicting. And one thing that's weird with both of these, with both Captain Coochie's story and the Karen Catherine Waldegrave story is that they get lumped in with paranormal and conspiracy stuff, which is kind of weird, Okay, but we'll talk about that more when we go to theories. 
But for right now, we are going to discuss Captain Coochie's Key Lime Pies. I think you just like saying that. I do. I like saying Captain. It's it's Captain so weird. Coochie. Like I'll I'll say it later, but it's just it's addicting. It's like reading the stuff is addicting. By most accounts, the strange story of Captain Coochie's Key Lime Pies first became widely known in 2017, even though it seems like the online story goes back as far as 2009 or earlier. In September 2016, a user appropriately named Key Lime WTF <laughs> posted a thread in the Unresolved Mysteries Reddit group called Captain Coochie's Famous Pies That Never Existed. The poster talks about how he was reading an online article on a very naughty topic that I can't mention on here in his college newspaper's website. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> gave, for the visual. I, I get across the visual of what I'm talking about. <laughs> he said he was reading the article and that there were three comments on it, and one of the comments really stood out to him because it was so out of place and bizarre. It was posted by a user named Roger Ramjet, on April 22nd, 2016, and it's a long and rambling ode to something called Captain Coochie's Key Lime Pies. So this isn't the whole thing. This is just bits and pieces of it that I copied and pasted and put okay. on here. I tried the Captain Coochie's Key Lime Pies, and those piegasms healed all my symptoms within the first four weeks. I highly recommend Captain Coochie's Key Lime Pies for anything that ails you. They're great. That Captain Coochie Pelez of Coocheritaville over in Asheville, North Carolina, sure is one wild and crazy guy. All the women are so wild about him and his famous cheeseburgers and key lime pies. His, his drop-dead gorgeous wife, Miss Anita, together in their historic key lime pie factory and grill, where the smiles and ovens are always warm and friendly, inviting you to spend a little time resting and enjoying your time in their little Key West Island near the Biltmore Estate close by Coocheritaville Cafe, where it's always 5 o'clock. Can't get enough of that key lime pie, key lime pie, key lime pie. Can't get enough of that key lime pie or I'll just cry until I die. I don't know why. I just love my key lime pie. <laughs> Miss Anita and Chef Captain Coochie Plez's Key West Coocheritaville Key Lime Pie Factory and Cafe, where eating is a pleasure and cooking is an art. Hell, Chef Coochie Plez has more talent in his toenail clippings than all the others have in their entire bodies. You'll soon learn why people call Captain Coochie Pelez the most interesting man in the world. But don't just take our word for it. Follow the long lines to Miss Anita and Captain Coochie Pelez's Key West Coocheritaville Key Lime Pie Factory and Grill, the place to be since 1976. Don't be fooled into thinking that Jimmy Buffett designed or had anything to do with this place. Just ask Miss Sunshine Smith. That would be an insult to the captain. Coochie's was here long before anyone heard of Jimmy Buffett. Sheesh. So that is just wow. that is just part of it. Uh, okay, A, it seems like an ad. Yeah. Yep. And B, it's like clickbait or something. Yeah, if I he, saw he, that, I'd be like, what the he hell? He goes on to name drop like dozens of celebrities and about how much they love Captain Coochie's Key Lime Pies. And it's weird because it was almost like he went in and re-edited when another celebrity died. Because he mentions Prince dying and that there was a purple key lime pie made in honor really? of Prince dying. Hmm. And like Will, he talks about Will Chamberlain. He talks about Frankie Valley, He talks about all these different people. And it's just this long and rambling, crazy thing that you read. And you're like, what? So uh, Key Lime WTF saw this and he was intrigued by it. So he did a Google search on Captain Coochie's Key Lime Pies and was amazed to find that there were literally hundreds, if not thousands, of comments on various websites, message boards, and forums about the key lime pie, often written the same way or in a similar manner. Some estimates of the number of posts even reaches 10,000. 
One of the earliest known mentions of it shows up in a comment on a TMZ news story in 2009. These comments would often show up on articles of a sexual nature or articles about pies or just weird random things like a review for a book called Social Chaos Survival Guide, someone's online obituary, or a movie review. These comments would sometimes be different usernames and accounts, but the comments would almost always make references to six specific things. Captain Kuchi Pelez, Miss Anita Pelez, Key Lime Pie, a restaurant named Coochie's or Coocheritaville, North Carolina, specifically near the Biltmore Estate, and Key West, Florida. So for at least 10 years, these posts about the Key Lime Pies were showing up literally all over the internet. Some of the posts were exactly the same, while others had traits in common, like the first letter of every word being capitalized. Some posts seemed more coherent than others, while others seemed to ramble on forever without making any sense. People looking into this mystery started to theorize that it was a bot or an automated program that was doing this. There are a few problems with the bot theory, though. In order to create almost all of these accounts on the websites or forums, you had to use a legitimate email address and often had to verify through a sent email that you were a legitimate person. Then, in a majority of these sites, in order to post a comment, you had to go through a CAPTCHA system. Even in 2009? Yeah. I remember, I remember CAPTCHA okay. systems being big back then that okay. you know what the captcha systems are it used well, to be I still use them today it used to be like can you what are these letters or taxes, numbers yeah. i had to do like a hundred just to verify my but identity. it used to be like what letters or numbers do you see in this box but now it's right. like the super annoying click on the store pictures with the storefront yeah click on the pictures with the traffic lights and yeah. i always end up like missing one or something so it just <laughs> drives me crazy so i hate the captcha things but in order to post on a lot of these sites you had to do the captcha thing and the captcha thing was basically created to fool bots right. so that bots couldn't get on yeah. there. So with these things in place, it would be extremely hard, if not impossible, to have a bot creating all these posts. So at this point, people were like, what is this? Is it one person? Is it a group? In some instances, there is a post made about the key lime pie, and then someone else responds to that post, but it often seems to be the same person with the same writing traits, like the first letter of every word is capitalized. Basically, it's someone responding to their own post. So it's just weird. Mm. And here's an example. In 2010, on a recipe blog called Oh Joy, the blogger posted a key lime pie recipe. In the comment section, these showed up. May 12, 2010. We stopped at Coochie's, and it's spelled C-O-O-C-H-I-E. Okay. We stopped at Coochie's Key West Cafe a while back and ate what had to be the greatest key lime pie in the world. We were told that it was from a 1920 famous secret recipe. It was baked by some dude named Captain Coochie Pelez and that it was the greatest key lime pie ever baked. After eating two slices apiece, we all had to agree that Coochie's famous key lime pie was indeed the best that we have ever eaten by far and had to be the best key lime pie ever. Thanks so much, comma, dot, 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 Mary Prolactin. So then the next day, May 13th, 2010, this showed up in the comments. Hi, Mary. I was just reading your review about the world's greatest key lime pie. I agree with you 100% that really is the best key lime pie ever made in the world. The reason I am posting this to you is that you seem to have gotten the name of the place wrong. I still have their business card on file from a former trip there. The name of the place is really Coochie's Key West Coocheritaville Cafe, and the dude that bakes those world-famous key lime pies is Captain Coochie Pelez. If this is a little confusing to you, just Google Coochie's Key West. 
There you can find page after page of information about this world-famous island restaurant. I hope this clears up this important subject. Important oh, and subject. when visiting Cucharitaville Cafe, be sure to try out their Goody Goody, the world's greatest cheeseburger. And that's a fact. They really are. God bless. Comma, dot, 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 Andra Stouffer. So What's both, comma, both, dot, both dot, of those use the comma, dot, dot, dot. So they were both obviously written by the same person, even though they're replying like it's another person. That's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, a Reddit user named Emma M. Lynn said, quote, there are also a few instances where a comment will be made about Coochie and Anita on a pie recipe, and then another one will be made directly under it, under a different username, also about Coochie and Anita. Since I am operating based on the theory that Coocheritaville never existed, or at least does not exist now, all of these posts would have been made by the same group and are not actual endorsements by different people for Coochie's Key Lime Pie. Why go through the trouble of responding to your own comments under different usernames, sometimes at drastically different times? This indicates not only lucidity, but organization and intent, in my opinion. And there's times that somebody using the same writing style will, re- will reply to what looks like a post by them a year later. So it's just like... doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> or someone's really bored. Yeah. I don't know. One username got used more frequently than any others in the post, and that was the name Jake Carson. Searching for the name, a Facebook account for Jake Carson was found, and most of the posts of the user, most of the posts on the user's wall included the phrase, tried the Captain Cutchie's key lime pie, and those pygasms healed all my symptoms within the first four weeks. Some of the posts that this guy posted were links to articles about key lime pie or key lime items, while others are links to news stories about random celebrities, politics, or other random things. Then you occasionally get the really offbeat ones like this. Quote, My dear wife insists that Coochie and Anita Pelez of the Coochie and Anita Pelez's key lime pie factory bakes the best key lime pies in the universe. She tells me that it is better than the ones her granny baked in Florida Keys when my wife was a little girl. I just smile at her and say, okay, honey, I'm sure they are. She gets really turned on when she eats those pies. No problems here, but it's hard to get her to do it in the bed anymore. Last night it was on the kitchen table. Day before yesterday, it was in the driveway behind my car. This woman has just gone crazy since she started eating those pies. Helping Kentucky, sign Dave. So <laughs> It almost, okay, if Joe were here. He would say this is some kind of code for something. That, we'll get to the theories. Okay. We'll get to the, we'll get to stuff like that in the theories. Like Pizzagate. That's what yep. came to my mind. Okay. Now you'll also see reports of a Captain Coochie Facebook account that talks about key lime pies and Coocheritaville. I've had Margaritaville stuck in my head ever since I started <laughs> researching this thing. I'm sorry. One person looking into the mystery messaged the owner of the Captain Coochie Facebook profile asking what the address was of the mysterious restaurant and got back a long answer in Swedish. The answer translated to the strange comment, quote, close your eyes, let your ears listen to the radio. Do you hear my voice? Can you hear your own soul scream? Let us choose. <laughs> my voice that predicts the future or your tormented soul. Reach. What do you choose? You can choose. Your life, your future. As smart as you are, you may already have found out that the, quote, radio drama from 75 years ago was the truth. They are on our planet, and they watch and see everything. Don't trust anyone. Don't trust the police. They are already controlled by them. It has been like that for 75 years now. Only our best can survive. You have a right, a right to become one of us. So welcome to our world. Very soon the portals will open to another dimension. I don't want to be part of the so, world. So this was posted. Was the rest of the, the profile in Swedish? No. What the hell? This was posted in 
the Reddit group that were people like investigating the Coochie's Key Lime Pie stuff. And this is where it came that it was like some kind of paranormal thing or it was some kind of weird conspiracy thing. But well, then, I lean conspiracy, not paranormal. But then a user realized that this came directly from the demo for a Silent Hill video game. Mm. There was a Silent Hill video game where you're listening to a radio and it's playing the Swedish radio broadcast. So that's Which one where, was that? It I was played all. No, of it them. was the demo for the one that never came out. It was supposed oh. to have uh, Daryl Dixon from Walking Dead. What's his name? Daryl. Oh, I follow the actor. I can't help you there because his Instagram title is Big Bald Head. So oh. that doesn't help you at all. Yeah, the it? guy that plays Daryl Norman Reedus. Norman, Norman Reedus was in the video. He did a voice in the video game, oh. and it was supposed to be a Silent Hill game, but it got canceled. But they released Damn. this demo that was really, really good, okay. and like everybody loved this demo. But in the demo, you find a radio that's playing this. Okay. So it was just something from a video game, but. This kind of got it incorporated into like a weird conspiracy UFO slash paranormal kind of thing. Yeah, that's weird. And it's some of the online videos that you watch about Coochie's Key Lime Pie and how it's weird and paranormal. You hear things about how the posts start to mimic or take on the characteristics of other posts as it comes across, but I didn't see any of that. This might well, stem... Well, they all have a lot of stuff in common, though. They do have a lot sure. of stuff in common, but this one of the videos i watched made it sound like it would look at your facebook wall and then it would start to talk like you in other comments and i didn't see anything like that okay but i think this might have come from the fact that one of the more well-known comments which seemed to be written differently than the others sounded like a well-educated sane person the last part of this comment read quote you can find Anita's and Coochie's Key Lime Pie Factory in Asheville, North Carolina, near the Biltmore House and Gardens. Just ask anyone around the city and they can point the way for you. This place is a tradition in that area of the world. You could say that Anita and Coochie Palaz together wrote the book on Key Lime Pies. Read any good books lately? Read into this article what you want, but instead of reading about their Key Lime Pies, I would much rather be eating their Key Lime Pies. Next summer, we are going to pack up the crew and head over to the East Coast and personally meet with Anita and Coochie in the flesh and do an in-depth story about the legendary couple known simply as Anita and Coochie, the Pelez family. Please look for our article early in 2014. Anita and Coochie, keep up the good work together and please keep the ovens baking. We look forward to meeting and working with you guys next summer. Take care and God bless you guys. Robert Jensen, comma, dot, 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 Wharton Seminars. Looking up this name brings up Robert Jensen, a professor of business economics and Wharton director at the University of Pennsylvania. Nobody is sure why this person was picked, but when you look at the way the person signed the post, it has the comma dot 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 Wharton seminars. So we think that this is where the idea came from, that it picks up other people's mannerisms or identities, but it really doesn't. I mean, there was... There really wasn't. There wasn't anything I saw where it was... It was almost always... even though the style changed, it was always a recognizable style. It's like, oh yeah, that's the key lime pie person. Right, yeah. You know, so I didn't see anything like paranormal or weird about this, but a lot of people that were talking about this said it would freak them out and keep them up at night. And they really? were like, yeah, they were like really freaked out by this. Hmm. So I, I mean, don't know. it's weird. It is weird. It's super weird. The majority of locations listed for the accounts, including the often seen Jake Carson, seem to be in Utah, specifically Benjamin, Utah and Spanish Forks, Utah. But other accounts come from various places around the country, including Montana and Maine. 
So the big question for the longest time was, did this place exist? Right. Like the name of the Reddit group said basically the pie that never existed. Right. But at first, no traces of the business could be found. So people thought it was made up or something like weird fictional urban legend thing. Mm -hmm. But after posting questions about it in a Reddit group dedicated to Asheville, North Carolina, posters began to reply that the business had existed. Grover the Clover responded, quote, Oh yeah, Coochie's was a favorite hangout of mine and my friends growing up through high school. I knew a lot of people that worked there as well. Servers, cooks, dishwashers, etc. My high school girlfriend and I would go in there probably once a week. They had awesome mozzarella sticks. He doesn't mention the pie, though. No, I'm not sure when it closed, but it was after I graduated high school in the early mid-90s and moved away from Arden. I don't remember the key lime pie being the best in the world, so I can't comment on that. The building is still there. I always tell my wife about how great it was every time we drive past. The name of the place was Coochie's Key West Cafe and Grill, I believe. My friends that worked there said the owner had some sort of affiliation with Jimmy Buffett, maybe a roadie or something that got tired of touring, but I never really understood the connection. They always seemed to have Buffett playing on the stereo. So then from these, they found out that Coochie and Anita are actually real people. Coochie's real name is Oswald Pelez Jr., uh, the the business was located at 2186 Henderson Road, Arden, North Carolina, 28704. A phone number was found, but calling the number just goes to a strange fax-like sound. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people said the building was empty, that there was nothing there. Other people said businesses were there. So I couldn't get a really firm grasp on what was there now. But they said that Coochie's was open. Try Google Maps? Yeah. Yeah, okay. you can see it on Google Maps. Okay. They said Coochie's was opened in, I keep calling it Coochie instead of Coochie. Coochie's was, <laughs> Coochie's was opened in 1978 and stayed open as late as 2005 or 2006. Some accounts say that it was possibly demolished in July 2008, while other people say that the building is still there. Hmm. So there's a lot of ambiguity about if it's, you know, what's there, but the place right. did exist. It really was a place. Okay. But like one of the big questions is why advertise a restaurant that's been shut down forever? I mean, since 2005 or 2006 right. and make it sound like it's still open. I mean, he's talking about how people need to go there and try it. Well, and it's the comments are weird. It's not like a normal couple sentences. Hey, no, I had the no, best key lime pie. No. Are you guys going to check <laughs> no, it out? It's weird. It's like a weird 1950s. Yeah, like, yep, exactly. Rambling. Exactly. Ad. And that, that, that comes into something. Okay. Uh, a Reddit user named Occult by Definition, which is a cool name, hmm. Occult by Definition, said, quote, regarding that Captain Coochie mystery, I'd just like to say that I was actually able to get in touch with the son of this Captain Coochie via Facebook. He confirmed that Coochie and the restaurant did indeed exist at one point, but he told me that he's just as confused by this mystery as we are. Oh, weird. Yeah. The earliest known, okay, and some people call it KLP for Key Lime Posts. Okay. So the earliest known KLP post dates back to October 2009. KLP posts were made on a regular basis until late 2016 when the posting frequency greatly decreased. This decrease in posting coincides with the first mention of it on Reddit. So oh. it was like the person became aware that somebody was talking about this and then kind of trailed off with the posts. An awesome Reddit user named Mark Dungo333 studied, plotted, and graphed the hell out of this story. And he really did. It was like really, really Do you impressive. you have like a room with like red strings going I would, in I, all directions? I would not be surprised. Oh. I would not be surprised. I always wanted to do that. I always wanted. We should get one in here. We should. I don't know what we'd do with it, but we should. I don't should. either, but it would be cool. Jeff and I were just talking about that. We want to do that too. But yeah, Mark Dungo333 studied, plotted, and graphed this story. And he says, quote, 
More than 700 KLP posts have been cataloged by me so far, and the real number of KLP posts is undoubtedly higher as many posts have been deleted or are not accessible to search engines. Hmm. For example, the poster apparently had a Discuss account with over 1,400 messages, but all of these posts have been deleted. The sheer volume of KLP messages leads many people to believe that they were posted by a bot. But even if we assume that the real number of KLP posts is five times higher than the number catalog so far, it's feasible for an obsessive person to post that much. From 2009 to 2016, that's just over one post a day. Looking at post dates, the poster's behavior doesn't seem automated. He never posts more than 10 or so messages in a single day. The number of posts per day varies, and he sometimes takes long breaks from posting. Here is a graph of KLP's posting frequency by month from 2009 to 2016. So they're assuming it's one person using yeah. different usernames. Yeah. Okay. And then he says, KLP posts his comments under a variety of pseudonyms. Jake Carson, Willie Jordan, and Roger Ramjet are the most common ones. Roger Ramjet is a cartoon from the 1960s. The origins of the other names are unclear. Less commonly, KLP posts under celebrity names, often misspelled, or random American-sounding names. It's notable that Jay Carson, Willie Jordan, and Roger Ramjet seem to have different posting habits. Jay Carson's posts are almost entirely copy-pasted, while Willie's are often unique and respond to the content of the articles they're posted on. Willie's posts also contain a lot of sexual content. Sometimes they're almost pornographic, and they are because I, like, I saw something that like wife was. I saw something like whoa, these okay. are yeah. Roger Ramjet tends to comment on articles. I feel like his would be uh, inappropriate. Roger Ramjet, yeah, no. come on. Roger Ramjet tends to comment on articles that seem unrelated to KLP's interests. Okay. Most commonly, KLP posts on sites that don't require users to sign up for an account, such as mm. blogs and news sites. The earliest KLP posts from 2009 to 2010 are quite unlike later ones. They're relevant to the articles they're posted on, they're short, and they essentially sound like normal restaurant reviews. The only odd thing about them is that the restaurant doesn't exist anymore. In 2017, only three KLP messages were posted. They were all copy-pastes, and since KLP had been discussed on Reddit previously, it's possible that these messages were not posted by KLP himself, but rather... Uh, somebody just trying to copy it, somebody mm -hmm. trying to be a troll. Finally, a new message, oh no, he's back, was posted three times in January 2018. The KLP poster has not been active since that time. 2018? Yeah. So last year. Yeah. So basically, that is hmm. the story of Captain Coochie's... I can't wait to hear theories. Captain Coochie's apparently awesome key lime pies. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever had key lime pie. We talked I about have. this on the ride here. It's I don't delicious. think I have. If you like lime, you got to like lime because like lime. it's pretty limey. It's really limey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like lime. But yeah, it's just a, it's weird. And the thing is, it's so addicting. Like after spending an hour, two hours reading these, mm -hmm. I wanted to go on some comment blog and just write my own, you know, Captain Coochie's. Maybe that's what happened. That to could a lot easily of be what happens is that people see that and think it's cool. So they then they make start their own doing up. it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Copycats. So that is Cap the story of Captain Coochie's Key Lime Pies. And there are so many of them. If you type Captain Coochie's Key Lime Pie into Google, you're going to come up with pages and pages and pages of links to comments. Okay. And, and sometimes it's just, like I said, sometimes it's somebody's obituary. They have this comment That's about... That's weird. <laughs> no, I just couldn't, I couldn't understand it. A lot of times it's like a, a Key Lime Pie recipe somebody posts in a blog 
they comment on it, and then somebody else comments on it right after, which is obviously the same person that wrote the first comment, but it's a year later. Maybe so, we have one in our YouTube comments, and we don't know. I was wondering if we would maybe get one in our YouTube comments, <laughs> maybe. but it's. I think it's really cool. I yeah, really, really like the story. I think it's super interesting, but we'll get more into that story when we get into theories. Okay. So now we jump to story number two, which is the fascinating story of Karen Catherine Waldegrave. So you're going to do theories for both at the end? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because they're both they're both similar. They're both okay. kind of have the similar style. They're different enough that they're different, but they're similar enough that they're similar. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know well if that said, makes Kurt. a damn bit well of sense. Said. But hey, I have a degree in English. I understood it. I have a degree in English. And I can speak English, so... So we're good. We're good. <laughs> so, All right, let's, let's hear about Catherine. Karen. I'm sorry. Catherine Waldegrave. Karen Catherine Waldegrave. On April 14th, 2010, someone by the name of Karen Catherine Waldegrave, and she also had some parentheses after, so her full name according to it was Karen Catherine Waldegrave Von Berg Habsburg, discovered Facebook. Like many people who first used the social media platform, it was a bit like getting a new toy. She started out with the basics, filling out her hometown, looking for, interested in, uh, upload some family photos, adding a few people as friends, etc., etc. Karen was born in London, United Kingdom, and she studied at the University of Toronto and lives in Toronto, Ontario. Her background and skills are like crazy, crazy good. She, uh, she's intelligent as as hell. If you if you look at her stuff, she's intelligent as hell. She's able to understand and speak many languages, including English, Estonian, French, Russian, Swedish, Latvian, German, Gaelic, Latin, and Latin, Latin, and Latin, <laughs> to, Latin. Name, to name a few. By June of 2010, Waldegrave began to post long, rambling messages on Facebook. Some of these started out seemingly benign and even witty, and one of them was just uh, like one that I saw in an article said, quote, looking for a Waldorf parentheses a good salad not a boutique school so she kind of had like a lot of puns and wordplay but it but she would quickly branch out into sprawling massive messages which she and seemingly often she alone answered with even more sprawling messages sometimes as many as 200 responses by herself would follow her own posts and going by facebook timestamps, she would sometimes continue posting and replying to her own posts for up to and over 12 hour periods and nobody else was commenting no it is estimated that she would often create 500 to 700 cryptic posts and self-replies within a 12-hour period. Often there would be a coherent post one day, and she would reply to it the next day with a strange comment, and then the comments would often become more bizarre, and the comments would end up getting comments to them as she continued replying to herself. A straightforward post about something that she saw on her walk to work that day would end up becoming, after replying to herself a hundred times, something about the CIA hijacking her eggs for use in an underground breeding experiment. Sometimes it even appeared as if Waldegrave was having some sort of conversation to someone unknown on Facebook within these threads. Sometimes she would suddenly welcome a new person as if somebody stepped into the room into which she was typing or somehow entering these elaborate conversations that she was having with herself. Posts like this started to cause people to believe that Karen was having some sort of schizophrenic, psychotic I was literally going to ask if she was schizophrenic. Yeah, and like, I... I this is the only paranoia is one of the This is the only one I'm going to read because we'll get to this. We don't have time for all. Well, no, we, we'll get to this by the end. But I don't. I feel intrusive. I don't like reading these. A lot of people don't think she's a real person. A lot of people think it's a bot and other stuff. But on the assumption that she's a real person, I don't like reading with mental these. health issues. With mental health issues. 
So just for example, she posted, okay, here is from May 20th. I'm not sure the year, but these go from May 20th to, these are all May 20th. They go from 2143 to 2147. Her first post starts out. So it's 11. That's yep. late at night. Yep. Her four, her, and it's a, just a matter of a couple minutes. Her first post says, calling the police because you have not seen us for a while is not at all all right. And then these are all responses. And they're all from her. They're all her she responding. totally normal. <laughs> so this is from that She's day. She po- her, too much. Her first post was, calling the police because you have not seen us for a while is not at all all right. And I mean, that makes it's sense. Not at all. All right. All right. Yeah. I mean, that okay. makes sense. So then her okay. responses go, first response. But it's really weird. Yeah. Vague and cryptic. Her first response, we do not report to them and do not deal with them. We are off limits to them and they are not welcome to any prepeat performances here of goonery. Next one. <laughs> Next one. Reference 24th, March 2011 with Wendy Finley and her dowry seeker killers. Next one. She does not understand what a dowry is. He husband does. Next one. He is behind it. Next one, the only reason they married with their mentality at age 27. Next one, after med school and music school. He only plays the bagpipe and helps her earn from being a doctor by making sandwiches for her, lazy bastard. Next one, Royal Canadian Air Force wants to marry the duck-faced, low-IQ, Thissian, look-alike, 25-year-old, already past her prime, normalcy killer nurse after his graduation in 2012 as a bomber. Next one, he figured he had two more years to kill me, of course, the twit. Next one, tell him to become a carpenter. So it's just like, yeah, and that's all responses to to her. Does she have any Facebook friends? Yeah, she had she had quite a few Facebook friends, and nobody liked any of the things. Or... Yeah, I, I I don't remember. The thing is that I did, I did. You think get, there'd be a comment in there like WTF? Yeah, I did get <laughs> in. I did get on? in on this while the Facebook page was still up. I got really? on. I got into this really early while it was still up. And we'll get into that more. By January of 2011, Waldegrave, who claimed to have an impressive European ancestry and was obsessed with genealogy, began writing posts in which she accused people of being serial killers, of stalking her, and of trying to kill her family. Karen then begins to mention being controlled and monitored by government agencies and men in black. She mentions the illegal and perverse doings of the so-called elite and name drops the FBI and CIA as part of the growing number of persons, entities, or agencies afflicting and monitoring her, and she talks about MKUltra. Going through the photos she posted, it was quickly noticed that something was odd. The seemingly normal photos of places and people that were assumed to be her family members often appeared to be partially burnt, frantically scratched, or water damaged. And what's really weird is that some of them did look legitimately damaged, while others, due to consistent patterns in watermark scratches or burn marks, seemed to have been photoshopped to appear damaged. And they were. It was really weird. Do you have any of them? I think I do. Okay. I think I do. You know, it's funny that our last episode was about possession and mental health. Yeah. 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 Uh, yep. Like the weird burnt photos and scratches yeah. and... yeah. So it's just weird that some of them looked like they were legitimately damaged and other ones you could see went through a template for, for Photoshop that they were Photoshopped to look damaged. So it's just weird. Um, her actual Facebook account was suddenly shut down sometime after 2011. It's believed that someone got a hold of her ex-husband who did exist, does exist. Her ex-husband does exist. 
and notified him of what's been going on, and he had the Facebook page shut down. Hmm. So that was basically where the story ended. But people were fascinated with... You know, somebody could have just hijacked her account. Come over here, I'll show you this. This is the picture I want to show you. This is her... You you can't really read it. But this, this is one of the big mysteries that people are puzzled by. All right. Like, look, this right here... This little section is her is her yeah. post. This is her response, oh and the time that she did this is the same time that the post was made. Possibly That's the thing, is that she typed, she typed basically like a wall of text, like a long wall of text, and it posted on Facebook the same exact time her com her her post posted unless so, she typed it in word or something and copied and pasted yep, that's it. what we will be talking about okay that's the only explanation i mean right. she it's impossible yeah it's posted the same minute that she posted the other thing mm. and it's a long wall of text weird so that's basically that um one weird thing is that a couple reddit posters and i could not verify this and i don't even know if this is possible because i don't know when the facebook ability to like a post mm, yeah, I have no showed idea. up. But some Reddit posters claimed that they were browsing her Facebook and noticed that some of her posts got liked by one specific profile, and that profile was Kuchi Pelez. Come on. Yeah. But we'll get we'll get into that okay. too. That was the Kuchi Pelez profile. And one of the newer things about the situation is that Due to the fact that she often uses variations of her name, a new Facebook account of hers was found with the last post being on December 22nd of last year. Hmm. So, and it's her. I, I looked at the Facebook. It's her pictures. You can see it's her. She looks older, but you can totally see that it's the same. And she's really pretty. You can see that it's the very same woman, but it's it's becoming the same, weird the same thing. Posts. The weird rambling posts. So that's basically that. But people are, I, I think a couple people have suggested we do this. Does she have a public profile? Yeah. And that's what I don't understand. But we'll get more into that when we talk about the stuff at the. Okay. So that's just, people were fascinated by this. And the, her original Facebook page is gone, but there are websites that have like the, the text dump of her entire, mm-hmm. and people are always looking at that and wondering what that What's was about. Weird. Yeah. So now we get into theories for both of these because okay. these are both very similar. Yeah. Both very similar. I can similar. see the connection. Yeah. Not connection, but just the yeah. similarities. Theory number one, these are just some internet trolls doing this for a joke. Could be. And a lot of people point to 4chan. I don't know if you know what 4chan is. Mm-mm. 4chan, there was a website called the Internet, and they had a really good paragraph about 4chan. And I, I know 4chan, I bet I don't go there a lot, but they have a section called X that's, I believe it, that's what it was called. It's, it's paranormal stuff. Okay. From the website, the Interneter, quote, 4chan's users are notorious elitists who base their entire communal hierarchy on information legitimacy, which is wonderfully ironic seeing as most users who operate on the site prefer to do so anonymously. They are an extremely proud bunch who openly and aggressively repel those who do not seem properly acclimated to their cyber community. If even one poster demonstrates a lack of knowledge or understanding of the literally hundreds of inside jokes, memes, or functions of the site that have developed as that have been developed by their user base, they are promptly berated, assaulted, and ostracized. Much like a swarm of agitated killer bees defending the sanctity of their hive. 
Despite how much I may be portraying the majority of their digital population, 4chan is actually an incredibly capable, organized, and well-oiled machine. Many of their regulars are insanely talented technicians or hackers, and their expertise in web searching and infiltration does not go unnoticed. 4chan's unofficial information specialist group, which is known as Anonymous, have reached public levels of media attention numerous oh, yeah. times, both positively and negatively. Mm-hmm. Once, they helped bring an animal abuser from Oklahoma to justice by tracking him down and relaying their findings to a local police department. On the other hand, they were also one of the most notable culprits in the attacks made against the Sony software company, specifically on the shutdown and invasion of the PlayStation Network. In short, 4chan does not screw around. Do not screw around with 4chan. And that's true. If you mess around with them, it's like anonymous. If you mess around with them, they'll come after you. Wow. You know, in 4chan, there's there's other ones too. There's 4chan. I mean, Reddit sometimes gets, you know, mixed up in that being not, I don't want to say bullies, but I want to say when they go after something, they go after something yeah. like hardcore. And it's also with, uh, I don't even know if it's still around, but the something awful forums where they were called goons that it was kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, like I said, I don't want to say that they bully, but they can bully, but they're very aggressive, out there, a very aggressive. So mm-hmm. a lot of people think that this might've been them doing this for a joke and then drawing attention to it. Hmm. So there's a lot of people that suspect that this or is both or both. Yeah. There's a lot of people that think these are internet trolls doing this for a joke. I could see that for sure. Theory number two, these are alternate reality games that have been abandoned. Mm. And that I kind of can see because mm-hmm. I know I've talked about it on here a bunch of times, but I got involved in that Wyoming incident mm-hmm. that wasn't actually a ARG, but it was just something that the that something awful guys did for fun because they were bored. And what they did is that they had a bunch of random websites that they made over the years. Like one was an obituary for somebody that had something weird in it. I don't remember what it was. And the other one was this message board that you wouldn't know what it was until you actually sat and looked at it. Then you realized it was a message board for serial killers. Hmm. So they were bored one day. So they kind of tied all these loose websites they had made up in the past into a story. And I could kind of see this being that, that somebody was trying to get these to be a story Mm -hmm. somehow, and then they just let it die. But the question about that is then when it became super well-known again, why didn't they pick it up again? again? Mm -hmm. They just left it dead. So the whole ARG thing kind of doesn't make a lot of sense, at least Mm -hmm. not to me. Knowing I know a little bit about ARGs, but I don't think that this really... It seems less complex than what they were doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. These are just comments on pages. Yeah, Yeah. yep, exactly. Theory number three, these are an experimental type of fiction slash art slash writing slash psychology project. Uh, One Reddit user says, quote, I feel like this is a social psychological experiment or a demonstration for a psychology or sociology class. Mm -hmm. But if that's the case, why leave them up? You know. Why what? Leave them up. Oh, right. I don't know. I really feel like this isn't a case where... I think a hoax is more likely. Yeah, I don't think this is a case where one of these has a different answer than the other. I think these are both the same answer. I think both Captain Coochie and I think Karen Waldegrave are both the same thing. I really do. I don't think one is a hoax and the other one is a real person. I think they're both... perpetrated by the same people? Possibly. I mean, it very very well could be because it's kind of the same thing where there's spamming of messages where there really shouldn't be spamming of messages. Intriguing that there was a like allegedly by the Coochie guy. Yep. On her page. Yeah. Theory number four, they are automated or done by a bot. 
And a lot of people point to something called a Markov chain text generator. It's basically an algorithm which is used to generate a new outcome of text from a list or list of words based on historical texts. It often changes, but the thing is, I've seen these. Like if you do a Markov text generator, it'll print out what looks like a really highfalutin college term paper uses all these big words and stuff that actually really don't make any sense, but Mm -hmm. it kind of sounds like they do. The thing is with the Markov text generator, you know, with their text that it generates, it often changes subject and tense multiple times in a sentence. The sentences and both from Captain Kutchie and from Karen Waldegrave are actually coherent and sometimes reference back to earlier posts, which is something a Markov generator can do unless it has a a super advanced artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. So it can't refer back to a post that it made three days ago. You know, it just, all it does is it spews out this text, often changing tense in the middle of the text. I wouldn't call her posts coherent though. But they, a lot of them are. Some of her posts, some of her posts are very coherent. Like that one where she talks about the people not calling or calling the police because the only one. Yeah. But (laughs) if some of them, if some of them, the thing is, if some of them are legitimately sentences that make sense, then you would have to assume that all of them would have to be one or the other with a Markov chain generator. Mm. So okay. I, I, I don't buy the bot. I don't buy the bot idea. I really okay. don't. Theory number five, these are coded spy messages. That's what you said earlier with the code. Spy. Well, that that's they're coded messages, basically. Coded messages, yeah. Some of these rants are submitted by someone with the username Roger Ramjet. This is a reference to a 1960s cartoon called Roger Ramjet. This may be important because the plot of one episode is that Roger Ramjet hides secrets in pies. Hmm. But I don't buy that because that's just one episode of a cartoon series. You know, I just don't, I guess I don't buy that. But everybody says that, like, if this is spy, you know, coded messages for... Hold on, back up though. Think about that trivia thing that you do. Yeah. And how it's the most... Uh, obscure references to movies or whatever that you have to look for. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, an ex- I, yeah. a very obscure. It reference is very obscure reference. But in a cartoon, but, but in a cartoon series, only having one pie or one pie in a cartoon series, only having one mention or one episode where they hide secrets in pies. It's, it's possible. It's a connection, you're, you're, I'm, I'm maybe blowing it off too soon. You're right. It's, it's a. I've never it is a heard connection. of it. Yeah. You know, I've never heard of it. It just seems. Very intentional, that name. A lot of people say that if this is a method that spies are using to send messages to each other, it's dumb. It's not. (laughs) There's so many better ways of doing this. There's way many better ways of doing this. You know, like the thing is, if I was going to do, if I was a spy and I wanted to create a Facebook page where I would hide messages I would do it in like the most boring person's page, like a basket, like writing posts about how great basket weaving is and right. how much he loves basket weaving. You wouldn't put it in this weird... Well, on porn websites. Yeah, you wouldn't put it on porn websites and you wouldn't put it on a weird Facebook page where this girl goes off on it because that's going to draw people's attention. Obviously. Which it did. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't make sense to me that it's a spy thing. It really right. doesn't. Not a there's spy so many. Thing. There's so many better ways these mm-hmm. days of... You know, there's steganography where you hide messages in in photos and JPEGs, which mm-hmm. you can do. So you don't need to do something this primitive and something this that attracts as much attention as this does. You know, so I just I, I just don't buy that. 
I could see it being code for a group of people, though, who are up to something that's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be. And sinister. You and know also, I mean? between 1981 and 1995, there was an NSA listening station operating within 50 miles of where Captain Kutchies was. So people wonder if Captain Kutchies wasn't possibly a hangout for spies. Mm. Like spies would, you know, for NSA agents would go there to meet. So I guess that's possible. But I don't know. I don't know. But it is strange that something called the Hey Bob messages seemed to be warning someone that people were becoming aware of the Key Lime Pie posts. Hey Bob. Hey Bob was first posted in November 2016, shortly after the first Reddit post about KLP. Some of the Hey Bob messages acknowledged the readers, implying that the poster discovered the Reddit threads about him. And here's one of them from a website. Hey, Bob, do you know what the difference is between one of Captain Kutchie's famous king-size sirloin steak sandwiches and an Aston Kutcher movie? Answer, the steak sandwich is good. Ha ha ha. And don't forget the key lime pie. It's to die for. Caution, I think that we're being watched. Comma, dot, 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 Roger. So the caution, I think that we're being watched, shows up right when the Reddit posts about this. So that's almost like it's... I, have, I just had a thought. Could, is that comma dot 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 something you could search for and it would bring up any comment that had that sequence? Possibly. Of I don't know. I don't maybe know. Maybe that's, that's how they a, identify. That's a good way. Yeah. That is a good way to. I, yeah. That's that's very good. Because in my mind, key lime pie could be code word for crack cocaine yeah. or child pornography. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. And that, and that gets us to theory six that they are coded messages for drug smugglers. Right. And one of the, one of the only things I really see about this is that Coochie is apparently Rastafarian slang for a joint or hash pipe. Okay. And that's like the 80s song Pass the Duchy was originally supposed to be Pass the Coochie, but they couldn't do that because it was referencing drugs. So they changed it to Pass the Duchy. Okay. And that's like the only thing, but, you know, being in Florida, talking about Florida and stuff, possibly mm-hmm. drug smugglers. I mean, this is this is strictly pretty much the key lime pie thing, not so much the Karen Waldegrave right. thing. But the comma dot 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 thing. Yeah, it's not on all the posts, but no, maybe it's on some of the posts. They're unique identifiers for people for which who ones? Are yeah, looking yeah. for each other. Yeah, it's possible, but I think that's also hit or miss with if you're going to find it. If you do a Google search, you have to try it. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. Theory number seven: These are victims of MK Ultra. And that was the that was a real thing. That was the government's mm-hmm. mind control program. We have to do an episode on that. I was just gonna say that we gotta do <laughs> that'll probably come up soon because we talk about MK Ultra all the time. But other than Karen's ramblings about MK Ultra and the government agencies, there's like really no proof that this happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, some of her posts are pretty crazy, but I just don't I don't know. I don't see the victims of MK Ultra thing in there. I'm, I, a lot of other people Super do. paranoid, though. A lot of other people do, but I don't. I could see how being involved in something like that would make you incredibly yeah. paranoid and yeah. probably oh, mentally yeah. ill. Yeah, totally. And I think that would refer more to Karen Waldegrave because mm-hmm. her sounds like if one of those, if the Key Lime Pie or Karen Waldegrave was MK Ultra, I would think Karen Waldegrave. Yeah. And finally, theory number eight these are real, possibly mentally ill people. A Reddit user says, quote, I texted a buddy that used to go with me and he said that they did have key lime pie and it was pretty good as he recalls, but we were drunk 17-year-olds. 
He said that there was an autistic or mentally challenged guy that either worked there or lived close by and hung out there that always tried to get us to get the key lime pie. I don't remember any of this, but my friend lived closer and went more often. So hmm. that's that's one of the theories that some people think is that this this mentally challenged guy is the one that's posting all this. Hmm. So, but now we get into... Um, like Reddit user Mark Dungo 333 again says, quote, one KLP message identifies it as being in the, quote, land of sky. A Skyland address appears on a lot of the old and impossible to find advertisements. The phrase, quote, where eating is a pleasure and cooking is an art appears in both the KLP messages and old advertisements. KLP messages often talk about the food at Coochie's as, quote, famous, and early advertisements for Coochie's advertised their, quote, famous club sandwich. The KLP messages reference a musical connection. Coochie's is advertised as having a dance room, live music, and a resident organist. So the fact that this person is referring to all these old advertisements that are hard to find shows that this person has a very close connection and very close knowledge of Coochie's. Another Reddit has been around for a very yes, long time. Yes. Another Reddit user says, A nurse I work with was born and raised here. We both got super curious and researched thoroughly this family. We briefly considered going to the church, he and his wife, and she's talking about Captain that kept that Oswald Coochie Jr. Yeah. We decided that number one, we aren't quite that crazy, and number two, we don't have that kind of free time. <laughs> We did find out that he owns all kind of property here. The nurse was dating a guy at the time we looked into this who used to date a waitress that worked for Coochie back in the day. He had been to the place when it was open and said that it had a very Margaritaville vibe. He said they even had an alligator in a tank. So we also also showed the guy some of the posts and his opinion was that Coochie was crazy even back then and it was probably him making the posts. Coochie's real name is Oswald Pelez Jr., by the way. And then we get into a post that was made on a key lime pie, random key lime pie recipe. Jamie, thank you so much for the photos of the key lime pie. Looks terrific. I would love to try yours someday really soon. We met a really cool guy traveling in North Carolina a few years back. His name was Coochie Pelez. I hope I spelled it right. We have been told that if we were ever in the state, that it would be a big mistake if we didn't go to Asheville's greatest key lime pie restaurant ever made. Well, to say the least, after visiting the Biltmore House and Gardens, what a place that is, we drove a few miles down the road to the famous Coochie's Key West Coocheritaville Cafe. Wow, what a place that was. You know that they have a monster-sized iguana lizard to meet us at the front entrance? His name was, now get this, Jimmy Green. Looked like one out of a dinosaur movie. So cool. There was also a big crocodile in the middle of the dining room. His name was, I think, Garbanzo. Scary-looking creature for sure. He looked like he wouldn't mind taking your arm off. So if it's true that there was an iguana or crocodile there, the KLP poster must have been there and must have been super familiar with it enough to know the names Mm -hmm. of the creatures working there. Or made it all up. (laughs) Or made it all up. But the other person said that there was a crocodile there. So this is hinting towards who I think did this. Okay. And a lot of the posts, a lot of the key line posts, especially later ones, got into politics. Oh, boy. So here's one that says, quote, Donald Trump loves Coocheritaville so much that he often has takeout flown to him in New York City. Wow, he must really love those original cheeseburgers in paradise. We sure do. They are our vote for sure. My best friend said she heard last week that Donald Trump and Stephen Colbert together are planning on a welcome to the USA party for Pope Francis to be held in Asheville, North Carolina at Coocheritaville. Some party that will be for sure. Hillary sucks. Bill sucks too. 
And now they're all trying to paint Donald Trump as being so bad that he is Ronald Reagan incarnate. One would think that this was the 80s again, and listening to Mitt Romney whining, you would think he was some kind of Mormon moron. What a sore loser. Just look at the numbers on both sides, people. It has to be because of Donald Trump, if you ask me. Even if you don't ask me. And if you didn't, just look. Hillary doesn't think that she has ever lied and doesn't think she ever will. Are you still interested in buying that property for sale down in the Everglades? So he's obviously very... Started with the key lime pie yeah, and went, down <laughs> went right into politics. <laughs> Hmm, weird. So then in a January 20... I don't know how he got politics out of Key Lime Pie, but... So then in a January 17th, 2016 article in Citizen Times from Asheville, North Carolina called, quote, dilapidated house legal. At the exit off ramp of I-240 westbound at Charlotte and Orchid Streets, there's a building which I assume was an occupied residence at one time, but quite a while before I arrived, almost 12 years ago. Please tell me why it is still standing, boarded up and forlorn, for residents and tourists to look at and mourn its sad decay. Property records show Oswald Pelez Jr. and Pedro Luis Pelez, his son, in Asheville, own the property. I called Oswald Pelez and he said he owns the property with his son Pedro. We're waiting till the economy gets better to put a building on it, Oswald, Oswald Pelez told me. We have some people interested in it, but the economy went sour. They would look to retain ownership and lease the property as it is right off the interstate and would be attractive to a hotel company, Pelez said. Pelez said that he and his late brother originally bought the property when Interstate 240 was being built through town in the early 1960s. At one point, Pelez says they did have the site under option with a hotel company, but the deal fell through when the Great Recession hit in 2008-2009. Pelez said he's still hopeful that a deal is possible, but being no fan of Barack Obama, he pointed out, we got another year to drag along with this president. So hmm. he he obviously has political leanings leans too. to the right. Yeah. So again, I Both think you, I think you can see where right. I'm going with who I think is posting this. Trump? No. Oh. The real Captain Oswald. Oh, you I, think I, he I really did think it. he's the you one doing it. You think it's the yep. owner of yeah, the place? Yeah, I really think he is. But we'll get <laughs> getting ahead of myself. Reddit user Stitches in a post last year said, "Quote." In short, Coochie Pelez is an elderly individual that sometimes forgets that his restaurant is no longer open. He was the poster on all those sites, and as it was explained to me, he really does not understand the internet and tends to go from one place to another frantic, fran rather right, frantically, train of thought-wise. To my understanding, the power of attorney has been transferred to his son, as his wife is also elderly. And the source from this person, she said, I am, in, I am in North Carolina and frequent this area very often. Months ago when I saw this, I researched it, and I also asked everyone I knew if they knew what the deal was. Some of them recalled the place well, and one individual does actually know him fairly well in that he sees him on a regular weekly basis. Hmm. I was also able to access public records that essentially backed up the claims regarding power of attorney, etc., had I known this sub existed, I would have made sure to come here when I found out. The nature of whatever ailment Mr. Pelez has was not made clear to me, but the individual stated that he often jumped from thought to thought, and when speaking, it was extremely difficult to follow what he was talking about. I'm guessing dementia of some, short, hmm. of some sort. And Mark Dungo 333 finally says, quote, My top suspect is Oswald Pelez Jr., a.k.a. Captain Kutchie himself. He is in his 60s, which fits with the baby boomer pop culture references the KLP poster makes. He would, of course, know a lot about Coochie's Key West Cafe. He is not mentally ill, as far as I know, but he seems to be an eccentric guy. Maybe he had too much time on his hands after his restaurant closed and the KLP posting started out as a joke that got out of control. Perhaps he stopped posting because he was creeped out by all the attention he got on Reddit. I am not confident about this, though. I believe the poster could easily be someone else who's not yet been identified. 
I could see it being him. So though. I can. I can too. If he's internet savvy, I can too. Uh, Not a lot of people that age. I, I, that sounds terrible. But so just just one more quote of that that was on a key lime pie recipe quote are you still finding it hard to believe that Cucharitaville really exists and that it's not just a figment of your imagination or that donald trump just became the president-elect or does captain kuchi Pelez and his beautiful wife anita really bake world famous key lime pies and that carrier air conditioners are staying right here in america well bob all i can tell you in the words of the famous captain kuchi Pelez, keep the faith baby and really really believe it and close your eyes and someday it will really really come true hmm. and Karen Waldegrave, like I said, she has that new Facebook profile, and it's obviously an older her. Uh, plus, she wasn't just on Facebook. She was a huge genealogy junkie, so she had profiles on all the big genealogy sites, Ancestry. all using that same picture, that okay. black and white picture that I showed you. Uh, is it possible that she may have just been a crazy fast typer and burst of manic energy helped her crank out some of the responses? It's possible. You know, is she mentally ill? It's possible. It's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. Uh, there's something that I didn't even know was a real thing called word salad. And word salad is a confused or unintelligible mixture of seemingly random words and phrases, most often used to describe a symptom of neurological or mental disorder. And there's also something called hypergraphia, which is an excessive desire to write or draw associated with schizophrenia. Hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not going to diagnose anybody because I have no knowledge in that mm -hmm. so I, I went to school with a guy with schizophrenia but i know paranoia like some of the stuff that her posts were about it's that kind of stuff grand, yeah sort of like yeah. grandiose ideas like the yeah. fbi is after me kind yep. of stuff that's common with schizophrenia so now we get to what do you think what <sighs> do you think do you want me to go first yeah i i really truly believe that the key lime pie things are by oswald kuchi I think they're by Oswald Kutchy. I think he, I think he did it, and I don't know. Got out of hand, kind of. I don't. It got out of hand, but part of me wonders if there was one site I went to, and it drove me nuts because I couldn't figure out where I went. But the one site I went to says that the person believes that it got shut down because Jimmy Buffett sued them for Cucharitaville. So I saw that, and part of me just wonders if, after all that time, he wasn't still bitter about the restaurant closing down and he wanted to either keep it going as much as he could or if he wanted the restaurant to be his legacy and when that couldn't be he did this to have this be his legacy because people are talking about this place now more than they would have been mm -hmm. if it was a legitimate restaurant or he does have maybe symptoms of yeah, dementia so, yeah, and can't yeah, remember that he closed yeah. it and, you know, there's just a lot of things like the fact that he talks a lot about Frankie Valley and Don Rickles and Johnny Carson, all people from the that time era. that that era mm -hmm. where he would have been around, that he mm -hmm. would have been, you know, the heyday of the, the heyday. restaurant. Yeah. That, so it just seems to me that it would have to be somebody that old and the person that the Captain Coochie on Facebook that used the Silent Hill Mm -hmm. reference is just somebody pretending to be because he wouldn't have any knowledge of a silent hill video no. game when he's in his 60s so that's that's somebody just trying to be cool making a account called yeah yeah trying to make a connection that's not there yeah exactly so i do believe that the real 
Well, and key the, lime pie poster is Oswald Kutchie. And the style that the like the way that the posts are written or the comments, it reads like a 1950s ad. And it's funny because it's funny you mention that because they talk about that on Reddit that it seems like a 1950s radio ad. That mm-hmm. the way the person is talking and that's that this guy. I can hear the guy's voice. That's right now. this guy's heyday. Yeah. And that's the one thing that makes sense is that maybe he started it as a joke. Maybe he started it to continue the restaurant in people's minds. You know, maybe he wanted that to be his legacy, but I I don't know why, but I really do believe that was him. Hmm. And I really think it's him. And as far as Karen Catherine Waldegrave, I really think that she's a real person. And I don't, like I said, I'm not going to speculate what kind of problems she has. You know, I, I really went back and forth about even doing an episode about her because I feel she's a real person. And I, I, it makes me hypocritical that I did this, but I hate the fact that people, you know, like her new Facebook that she's on, she posted something and then somebody went on there and posted and said, you need to leave. The CIA is outside your house right now just to be a jerk oh my God. and and stuff like that just Feeding really, really pisses me off. Yeah. Paranoia. Yeah. And that's, that's, but then on the other hand, why does she have her Facebook open that anybody can post on there? Right. You know, I just don't get it. But I do think she's a real person. I think she has some issues. I don't necessarily know if I think she's crazy. I think she just, I have friends that post like that, not to that degree, but I have friends that do similar things to that on Facebook. And I think she just has an exaggerated. Some of the posts, though, lead me to think that there's a mental illness. There there might be a mental illness. but That kind of paranoia that she has posted about, I don't know, that's not normal. Yeah, I don't know. I think people and, ranting is one thing. Posting about the FBI coming after you, is and a totally it's possible thing. that part of her therapy was to write, and she wrote a lot, and she just happened to copy and paste things, whatever she was writing in her journal on Facebook, for whatever reason. I don't know like why. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why the photos were photoshopped to look damaged. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just don't. I don't know. I feel bad talking about her because she's a real person. I mean, I think she's a real person. I think she has problems. I don't think, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. At the end of the day, I don't know. But I do think that she's a real person. And I do think that the Keyline poster was Oswald Pelez Jr. I really do. So I think the Keyline thing was either just a hoax or it was him. Yeah. I don't know that there's a way to know that, but... I, uh, who's I, to say that some of the original ones weren't him and that the rest are a hoax that somebody else is doing? Copycats yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I I can see where the whole idea of that being code for something sinister would come in, but I just... I don't know. I don't know how likely that is. Yeah. I'm kind of on the fence. I don't really know what to think. Um, but her stuff, I think it's somebody who has some issues. And, yeah. Sometimes people like to just put it out there where everybody can see it. Other yeah. people like to keep it private. But it it just sucks. I don't that think hers is any kind of a hoax, though. No, no. But it just sucks that she's become this. People go there just to give her crap, and I just mm-hmm. don't like well, that. Your, I don't like make that. Make your profile private. Then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. People have to understand when you put something like that on the internet, you are going to get yeah. the trolls. I yep. mean, you just are. That's how this world so works. So those are the stories of the key lime pie, of Captain Coochie's mm. key lime pie, and Karen Catherine Waldegrave. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's they're very interesting ones, and I knew we needed to get to them at some point and do them, so hopefully that was okay. But I want to end on this quote that originally pertained to Karen Waldegrave, but it also fits in really good with uh, Captain Coochie. 
This quote is from a September 18, 2018 article on ButterflyLanguage.com called, quote, The Internet Canonization of Karen Catherine Waldegrave. Quote, Much like the more famous case of Elisa Lamb, too much energy has been invested in this now, in this spooky story that has somehow become a staple of various message boards and paranormal-slash-conspiracy-type websites. It has taken on a life of its own to the point where the real answer to the story has almost become irrelevant. Hmm. I could see why people, the only paranormal twist I would see with her is possession. Yeah. Yeah. But mental illness is probably, you know, but it's true. I mean, yeah, it takes on a life of its own. Yeah, it is. And I, 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 it bothers me that no matter what happens, that people are going to look at Karen as this internet basket case, Mm -hmm. you know, and well, unfortunately, that's all that's put out there. We don't have any no, of the like. I know, I know. We don't know anything else. No, <laughs> unfortunately. Hmm. So there good you stories. go. I like it. I yeah, like those are interesting they're... stories. I I got way way deep into the key lime pie one. I swear. I mean, well, it sounds like other people on the Facebook page were kind of into that too. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm curious to know what everybody thinks about. Well, it. I wasn't intending to do a story about it after I posted the video, but then I'm like, it reminded me of the Karen Waldegrave thing, so I figured I would tie the two of them together. Mm-hmm. So now we did that. So let us know what you guys think. What is up with these crazy things? Yeah, maybe there's a theory we didn't th- think yeah, of, or you it's didn't. It's very find. possible. Cool. I don't remember if I said irrelevant or irrelevant in that last quote. Either way, <laughs> <know>. it's irrelevant. <laughs> you said irrelevant. Thanks. <laughs> no, I'm double guessing myself. Second guessing myself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> my, oh, oh my God. Somebody is banging outside the studio. Probably somebody trying to get, probably a fan trying to get in. I know. Jeez. Uh, and now instead of doing a listener question, we have the question that was sent to yeah. us by Tiffany about speaking mm, in tongues. Speaking in tongues. Because we did mention it in the last episode, but I think we just like really briefly mentioned it and didn't even say anything about it. So a person who has what is known as the gift of tongues is usually in the midst of religious ecstasy, trance, or delirium. The speaker, and often witnesses too, believe that they are being possessed by a supernatural spirit or channeling the language of a deity or divine being, although the words are incomprehensible otherwise. Experts call this phenomenon glossolalia, which is a really cool word. Mm-hmm. A Greek compound of the words glossa, meaning tongue or language, and lalin, meaning to talk. Xenoglossy is often mistakenly used to refer to tongue speakers. However, xenoglossy is a paranormal occurrence in which a person is able to speak a language that he or she has never heard, read, or been exposed to in any way. Which is which is some of our posters on Facebook pointed that out. Yeah. It is a phenomenon that is not generally accepted by linguists and psychologists. But I mean I have heard of it happening. I've heard of, and someone else mentioned this too, of brain injuries and yeah, people that was, ha- having an accent and uh, speaking another language. I don't know that we are all programmed with these languages like one of the people said and wherever you were born, that one comes to the forefront. I don't know how that would be possible. That was Jeremy. Unless we're in a computer that was, uh, simulation. <laughs> Jeremy in The Strangers, he posted that really good post about mm-hmm. about uh, about demonic possession and all that stuff. Yeah. And in his post, he said, there are documented cases of people suffering concussions and other head injuries that alter accents and even language. People have gone into a coma speaking English and woken up speaking fluent Spanish. Yeah, I've and definitely I have heard, heard of that, that too. Yeah. So that is technically xenoglossy. That okay. is not speaking in tongues. 
but I, I yeah another poster who sounded like she has a very religious background yeah, yeah. said that speaking in tongues is not speaking in a language that is known no no it's nonsense yep which is what you just read so that makes sense so in 1972, William J. Samarin, a linguist from the University of Toronto, published an assessment of Pentecostal glossolalia. Pentecostal glossolalia. That's a mouthful. <laughs> Pentecostal glossolalia that became a classic work on its linguistic characteristics. In his assessment, he said, quote, "Glossolalia consists of strings or syllables made up of sounds taken from all those that the speaker knows, put together more or less haphazardly, but emerging nevertheless as word-like and sentence-like units because of realistic language-like rhythm and melody." So he is saying that it's not a different language because we are using our own parts of our own language. Where if it was a completely like different Latin. language, yeah. Where if it was a completely different language, it would be all different sentence structures, all different this, all different right. that. So he is saying that it is sounds taken from all those that the speaker knows. Mm-hmm. So he is kind of saying more or less that it's not somewhere in your legitimate. brain. Yeah. But for a biblical answer, uh, Corinthians one verse fourteen. I don't even know if that's verse chapter. I'm not a good Bible person. Corinthians I think it's chapter then verse. Corinthians one fourteen two says, "Quote for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but God." So there's a lot of biblical stuff about speaking in tongues. So yeah. this basically boils down to whether you believe in the, right. in a deity of some kind or whether you're an atheist. You know. Well, I don't know if it's that simple. I think I think it all I think it ultimately boils down to that. I think it ultimately boils down to whether or not you believe it's in a god or you don't. I really do think that's what this boils down to. Hmm. I'm not. I don't see it as black and white as that. But no, other people don't either. I mean, uh, yeah. in an article called "A Neuroscientific Look at Speaking in Tongues," written on November seventh, two thousand six, it says, "quote." The passionate, sometimes rhythmic, language-like patter that pours forth from religious people who speak in tongues reflects a state of mental possession, many of them say. Now they have some neuroscience to back that up. Researchers at the University of Pennsylvania took brain images of five women while they spoke in tongues and found that their frontal lobes, the thinking, willful part of the brain through which people control what they do, were relatively quiet, as were the language centers. The regions involved in maintaining self-consciousness were active. The women were not in blind trances, and it is unclear which region was driving the behavior. Quote, the amazing thing was how the images supported people's interpretations of what was happening, said Dr. Andrew B. Newberg, leader of the study team, which included Donna Morgan, Nancy Wintering, and Mark Waldman. The way they describe it and what they believe is that God is talking through them, he said. The scans also showed a dip in the activity of a region in the left caudate. The caudate area is involved in motor and emotional control, Dr. Newberg said. So it may be that practitioners, while mindful of their circumstances, nonetheless give up some control over their bodies and emotions. Miss Morgan, a co-author of the study, was also a research subject. She is a born-again Christian who says she considers the ability to speak in tongues a gift. You're aware of your surroundings, she says. You're not out of control, but you have no control over what's happening. You're just flowing. You're in a state of peace and comfort, and it's a fantastic feeling. Hmm. So they said that there's weird... Sounds like the opposite of demonic possession. Yeah, yeah. But according to them, the areas of the brain that should be showing activity while a person is speaking tongues isn't. Like they're giving up up 
control of that and letting mm-hmm. something else do that. So there actually is kind of a, a neuroscientific mm-hmm. explanation for it. Yeah. So it's interesting. I don't know. I really, I studied this for quite a while and I really don't know because when you type this in speaking in tongues, almost everything that comes up is religious articles oh, yeah. and religious things. Yeah. I feel like a lot of what you see with, it's just for show. It's just for show. To but, make believers out of the rest but again, of the even if one out of every five hundred is legitimate, then it's a legitimate thing. But and is it religious or neurological? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know either. The neurological stuff, where these people were not using the parts of their brains that you would think they would be using when they're doing this, shows that something is happening. I mean, something—it's like they're giving up that part, and something is coming through that shouldn't be. So maybe something is. Maybe maybe something is speaking maybe through them. Maybe it's like a seizure. Possibly. but may, Or a dream. I don't know. I don't know. But it is like something is coming through. Mm-hmm. They're doing something that they shouldn't be doing at that time. Something is coming through making that, that language. So I don't know. I went into this really not buying speaking in tongues. But after looking at some of this stuff, I kind of do. I think I've become more. I think I've become less skeptical on speaking in tongues since I, I looked this stuff that up. That it happens just in general, but that it versus what the causes or yeah, I, okay. I I don't I I don't know, I don't know. I think it happens, but I don't know if I know what the cause is. Is it something in the brain, or is it right. some some higher being that is is coming through you? I wish I had a more concrete answer, I know. but I, well, I grew up in the Catholic Church. That was not a thing. No. Nobody I, ever spoke in tongues in a no, Catholic service. No, but there's um, there's people that do. I mean, there's religions that do all the time. Oh, yeah. But like you said, I think a lot of it is for show. Yes. But all of it, I don't know. Some of it might be legit, but is it is it a higher being speaking through you or is it some kind of neurological thing? Right, I don't know. I, and I, think I it all, don't have the answer to I that. I think it all boils down to whether or not you believe in a God or not. I really do. Like you said, you don't see it as black and white. As I do. Yeah, because I can't come up with an answer. Yeah. I could see both of those. I don't know if I believe in a higher power or not. See, I'm on the fence this, about yeah, that. This is, that's, so, a, that's for an episode on its I'm like own. I'm agnostic, because I, so that's why I, I'm I think I'm middle. basically agnostic, too. I mean, I used to believe a lot can't more when I was younger. Nay, you know? Yeah. I oh, I did. I When I was, yeah, I was raised Catholic. Yeah. I mean, I, and this is getting into a theological discussion that we probably don't have time for, but I was thinking about this when I was researching this stuff. And I think what I believe is, I believe in a God, but to me, and this sounds stupid and Star Warsy, but I believe it's more of a force than a personification of a no. of a God. I believe it's a force that exists. Yeah, I don't think it's like a dude with a beard on a throne. And I don't like Star Wars, so I hate that I'm making it sound <laughs> Star Warsy, but I don't. I don't see it as what other people see it as. I see it as some force that exists in the universe. That's all around us at all times. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's Isn't that God. pantheism? Pan, pan, pantheism? 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 I don't know. That sounds that way sounds dirtier. dirtier. <laughs> I may have to look that yeah, up when I get home. Yeah, it's the whole thing that God, God, quote unquote, is in all of us and yeah. all around us. Yeah, and, and I, I, I think that that's true as a force, as some kind of... I don't want to say a wave because that sounds dumb, but I feel like it's a. I feel like I feel God's like higher a force. power is a really good description because it's something beyond us. Yeah, 
but yeah. not one being. Yeah. You know but what I, I mean? I think people get so locked into this image of what they see in pictures of God. Oh, yeah. That it's this white-haired dude. Right. You know. The beard. Yeah. So I, I think it's more of a force. Mm-hmm. But I believe that there's that. So I don't know. Maybe I do believe. Maybe I'm not as ag- agnostic as I thought. I don't know. It's getting pretty I really deep. want to believe that there's more. Yeah. So do I. I feel like there has to be. There's too many things that happen that I've witnessed myself just like in investigations that science can't explain really. So. Unless we're living in a computer simulation. No. Yeah, I don't know. That, what, speaking in tongues, I don't know. I think it's very rare if it is a real yeah, thing. Yeah, what do you guys think? What do you guys think about speaking in tongues? But again, I think this is going to get into a, a heated God exists, no God doesn't exist debate. I really do. That's one of the reasons I kind of don't like talking about this mm-hmm. stuff because I don't want to... Start off. I think you're not really in danger of that until you get some kind of hardcore Yeah. Bible bumping Christian who yeah. thinks you're gonna go to hell for looking at someone cross eyed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But just just, you know, not bashing the Christians, but just as annoying on the other side are the know it all atheists who are convinced mm-hmm. that they're right and everybody else is Very wrong. Very elitist. Yeah. yeah. So I agree. I don't know. What do you guys think? Speaking in tongues? Yay, nay. Blah. I feel like I sometimes do it during the podcast when I'm jumbling my words all up. and He edits all that out. <laughs> I, edit, I do edit all that out because it's horrible. <laughs> so what do you guys think? Let us know. You had a couple things that you wanted to talk about. I was just going to... So we one of the listener questions, I don't think it was the last episode, but it was about music. What's, what do you consider an underrated band? And I brought up Fish. And that I had been to the Big Cypress Seminole Indian Reservation for New Year's Eve 2000. And turns out Eric Orheim, a listener and a good friend of yours, right? Yes. And Barry yep. Dahlberg, our very good friend and yep. listener, fellow investigator, were both also there. <laughs> so weird. I just think that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and I had a funny story I was going to tell. So hopefully they remember this. So leading up to the final night, you know, New Year's Eve, midnight, um, on our drive down there, so I drove down there with a group of people. There must have been 15 to 20 of us. There was a, a, like an RV that they rented and then three cars. Three, we had like walkie-talkies, code names for everybody. We were the three blind mice. We were the cheesesteak crew. We <laughs> referred to ourselves as the awesome. cheesesteak crew all the way down. I don't even know who came up with that. But we would hold up our hands in like the sea and say like cheesesteak. We're the cheesesteak crew, right? We were doing this at the campground before we got to the Indian Reservation. When we got there, we were still talking in these walkie-talkies, referring to ourselves as the cheesesteak crew. Well, come midnight, well, not quite midnight. It was just before midnight, I think, but we were going to be on TV. Like, you know, New Year's Eve shows. Yeah, yeah. And we, I think there were 75,000 of us, so it was kind of a big deal. Jeez. And just before they put us on TV, Trey Anastasio, the lead singer, tells us this big thing like okay guys when we get on tv they're gonna expect us to be like really amped up and jumping up and down and screaming but we want you guys to hold your hands up in the air and like a c and just say cheesecake over and over again like you're really angry and we all looked at each other like what the hell like (laughs) 
did they hear us talking on walkie talkies? And like, it was just such a weird coincidence that that was what they told all of us to do. The thing that we had been doing yeah. over the, and we thought, did they think we were saying cheesecake and we were saying cheesesteak? So I don't know if Barry and Eric remember that moment, but our weird. group was really maybe, weirded out by that. Maybe your signal went through into some of the bands. Well, if there were, radios. yeah, that's what we were thinking. I mean, think of a stage crew. They talk on walkie talkies. Yeah. I mean, that's what they do. <laughs> so weird. we feel like like someone overheard us and decided to like take our little thing and use it. That's the... really cool. So we thought it was cool. Maybe we told ourselves a story, but that's okay. That is cool. We liked it anyway. Nice. So. Yeah, that was fun. You want to say something about the squeak? That it, we, it was not somebody... Yeah, we're not sure now if it was. Well, it could be because I did move it before and it did make a squeak, but... Um, I was moving the boom that holds our, it's the arm that holds our microphones all over the place before. And it would not make that like bird sound that everybody heard in the last episode. But then I did move it again and it did make a squeaking noise. Yeah, Carly so. Morgendorfer was the one who first yes. posted it. Anyone noticed the latest episode, the creepy bird sound at one twelve nineteen? I do think it was. And then was. I went and listened to it and I was like, I don't remember hearing that when I edited it, but it's possible. It was really loud. Yeah, it was really loud, but we're Krista and I are kind of bad about moving the microphones around when we we're recording. Yeah, we tried not to touch them this time, but they, if they squeak when you move it, it comes across really, really loud. loud. Yeah, yeah. We need those microphones that like hang down from the ceiling right in front of us. When we're doing this full time, we'll totally okay. <laughs> when I win the Powerball, yeah. we'll oh, remodel. Too late. I know. Unless you drove to New I bought Berlin five to buy tickets. your ticket. I bought five tickets. Wanted the seven hundred fifty million and mm-hmm. nothing. Nope. Got to keep Hope my. Hope I know job. that guy in New Berlin. Yeah. Doubtful. We should go beat him up, take the tickets. <laughs> Do you want to give out all of our deets? Yes. Uh, you can email us at thestrangesessions at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Strange Session with no S. We're still angry about that. So angry. We are on Instagram, The Strange Sessions. And if you have any snail mail for us, which we love, we love postcards. I By next episode, I am going to buy a brand new magnet board, magnet board to hang up in our studio because our... F- little tiny magnet board is way too full of the stuff you guys have sent us. Yeah. So please send us more postcards so our new magnet board doesn't look bad. Right. So we can fill it up quick. So please send some postcards or taste test items. Again, thank you for the sponge candy, Brian. And again, Wander, please send us your mailing address so I can send you a sticker. Yes. So if you want to send us anything, it is The Strange Sessions, P.O. Box 434, Manitowoc, Wisconsin 54221-0434. Boom. Boom. Another episode in the books. <laughs> yep. So from Krista and I in the old school media studio, until next time, stay, stay strange. strange. This has been an Old School Media production, executive produced by Kirk Konechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.